This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. All right, welcome back to The Gospel for Life. I'm sitting in Russ's seat this morning. Is that bad that, like... Is there a presence that's illuminating from me right now? Absolutely. It is. Absolutely it is. But it's just like going you to church. You had to bring the mic like, lower yeah. a little bit, I yeah. noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and raise the seat a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Josh Bells. I'm sitting in as a guest host today. Uh, I'm from the Well Church. Also guest host today, Pastor Matt Masevich from Sovereign Grace. How you doing? And then a couple of the regular crew from the Gospel for Life, Pastor Vinny Hanke from Valley Life. Thanks, Josh, for being here. Help yeah, us out. Absolutely. And then uh, Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. Thank you. Yeah. I try not to say that too fast because I feel like I slur That's it. That's okay. I mean, if you just want to say like Treasure Valley RPC or. Okay. I'll, I'll try that next time. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are talking about uh, a great a great topic. Why go to church? Donald Whitney actually wrote a book on this. Um, well, he wrote a chapter on this, right? In yeah. Spiritual Disciplines uh, Within the Church. Is that the name of the book? That is the name of the book, yep. yep. Uh, great author, great book. So it's also going to deal with other things like Bible reading and prayer and stuff like that. We would, we would heartily recommend that book to you. So um, off the air, Pastor Matt wanted to talk about uh, one of the things that we touched on yesterday. So let me set it up. So attending church may be settled for you as a you know, 40, 50-year-old Christian, but in the minds of your children, they may not be convinced that attending church is for them. Yeah, as I was considering this, I, I just know that right now the landscape, especially in the West, is we have young people that are not sticking with it. You know, they're 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 leaving as soon as they become older. And there's so many reasons for that, both internal and external that could be contributing to that. We can talk about, you know, the influence that they're getting in public school. We could talk about the influence of society. We could talk about the world, the flesh, the devil. We could talk about all sorts of things. But one of the things that I think as parents, we need to be extremely mindful of is how we approach church, how we talk about church, how we talk about other people within the church, all of these things, they are soaking up like a sponge. So we talked about, you know, conflict a little bit uh, last time within the church. Let's say you have a conflict between a couple families or a couple individuals in the church. And then sometimes we view our children as wallflowers. They're in the room, but they're not really there because the adults are talking. And perhaps we're trying to work this issue out among, you know, spouses and they're hearing how we are talking to one another. Man, I've been guilty of that before. Oh my goodness. And then we realize, oh my, you know, they're they're being they're being colored on how they view the church. They're being colored on how they view perhaps the leadership. They're being colored on how they view other members. And um, these are little tiny seeds that we're planting. And we need to be careful what we're what we're doing. So one of the things that 
one of the language that me and my wife have tried to incorporate is not that, hey, we have to go to church. It's, hey, we get to go to church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole idea of the Lord's Day, mm. it's fantastic. And luckily, you know, I have some older children that have been to a few churches in their life. But my younger children, they've literally grown up in our church. It's mm-hmm. the only church they know. It is their family. Praise God. And, yeah. and that is kind of uncommon nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's because we have a low view yeah. of the gathered assembly. And I think it's something that we need to train our children to have a higher view of church. Yeah. You know? I think one of the practical things is going to church Sunday morning starts Saturday night. Yeah. So, no, like I know, we're four pastors around the table. So Saturday nights can be something that we guard in preparation for leading Sunday morning. But even as a family, when I when I wasn't leading in the in the church, we always guarded Saturday nights. Yeah. And so that was at a time where yeah, we would hang out for friends and enjoy it. But it was always an earlier evening. We always made sure we were prepared and, and making sure our kids knew what we were doing Saturday night was in preparation for the next morning to go and worship Jesus. We weren't going to do something super fun and exciting on Saturday night that would cost us being clear-minded and ready to worship Jesus in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, let's tackle some common objections for not going to church. So he- here's one common objection. The church only wants my money. Doesn't it? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's awful. You have to put your money somewhere, right? <laughs> you certainly can't put it in the banks. Oh. Well, there is a, there is a, uh, you know, there's a kernel of truth in this. Um, in, in that, there are some churches that only want your yes, money. Yes, right, right. There is. And if that's the church you're going to, you should leave that church because that's a bad church. If your church is asking for money to buy a sixty-five million dollar jet. You might need to consider pull that ripcord now. Yeah. Don't, even, don't even consider; just pull it. I'll say <coughs> the Creflo dollar. What? Yeah. <coughs> oh man, oh, I love it. You went Sorry. there. I did. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you make the point. Yeah, some of this is connected to the churches who have chased the dollar as God yeah. rather than the glory of God as God. But I think the the practically the the church wants you to steward your finances. But if if you're experiencing that that feeling in church. Talk to your elders, talk to your mm-hmm. pastor about it, ask them um, why maybe they're talking about money in particular. For you guys, what does that look like in terms of your relationship with like the offering or asking for money in the service? What does that look like for you guys? Honestly, we we stopped passing the plate when COVID happened because yep. of contact, and we never brought it back. We have a box in the back mm-hmm. where people could put their, you know, their love offerings in, and we have online giving. And I never mention giving at all unless it's in the text that i'm actually preaching mm-hmm. and if if it's in the text i'll i'll talk about it i might mention expenses that we've had hey mm-hmm. by the way you know we had to replace a new air conditioner just so you know it, you know commercial air conditioners and so forth cost can cost like twelve thousand dollars <laughs> so i might talk about expenses but i i never shill for for money at all mm-hmm. if anything i i probably air in the opposite, the the only exception to that is we have a, a benevolence fund. Yeah, and I might mention, hey, our benevolence fund is getting a little low. If if in your regular giving you want to put some money in the benevolence fund, but what does mm-hmm. the benevolence fund go for? It goes for people in the congregation that might need rent paid or mm-hmm. or or whatnot. So it, it's not even quote unquote church money, you right. know. Yeah, and I mean, in our circles, like in in our church plant, we don't have. We typically pass a plate in our churches, but with ours, our treasurer is actually in Seattle. We don't have a treasurer here local, 
So all of that is there. There's a little blurb just reminding people mm-hmm. in our bulletin, but you know I don't mention it as as a denomination. Maybe this is a little rabbit trail, but I, I thought it was kind of funny when I was in seminary. You know, our, our denomination's been around for a while, so we have these old session minutes from churches that we were digitizing just to keep a record. So for seminary, part of my tuition work program, I had to digitize some of these session minutes and some of these old synod minutes. And so I was reading through one of them, and there was a year back in the early 1900s, uh, maybe late 1800s, where our our court, our synod, our highest court in our denomination encouraged churches to preach on tithing because there were some churches where people were withholding their tithe to teach the pastor a lesson. Mm. And so that was a wrong understanding. Okay, what is the tithe for? I mean, yeah. this is this is God's money. I mean, he's given it to us, and he's asked us to give a portion back to help fund the kingdom yeah. and uh, the kingdom's work. Well, and the truth is, is that God doesn't need our money. Uh, Psalm no. 50 says that he owns the cattle on a thousand, year, uh, a thousand hills. Paul, when he's talking about this issue in Philippians 4, he says, essentially, thank you for supporting me in the gospel. Thank you for sending me help. You're the only ones who did. And then he says in, in Philippians 4.17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Mm-hmm. Giving, I think we can overreact to kind of the word of faith teachers. The reason why they can get away with, or the prosperity gospel teachers, the reason why they can get away with what they get away with is because there's a kernel of truth in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, God does bless his people when they contribute to his kingdom. Mm-hmm. They're just... They're making God the means to the end of the prosperity. What what the Bible's view is, is that God loves when we participate with him. He, he doesn't need us to participate. He could build every church that he wanted to and send gospel preachers and provide money out of the sky. But he is his, his giving us this, this opportunity so that we could be more sanctified, so that our treasure would be seen to be in heaven and not in our pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things that we will talk about money when the scripture talks about money in the context of, of preaching. But for the mo- for the most part, it's it's a it's a passive offering. We do the box on the back. The same thing as come out of COVID, and we just never went back to passing the plate. And even to the point where we say, like God wants regular, cheerful, and sacrificial giving from His people. But that's between you and Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you can't give in that manner, that is regular, cheerful, and sacrificial, keep your money. Mm-hmm. Keep it. We we don't want it. We don't we don't need it. So another objection for not going to church, the first one was the church only wants my money. Second one is the church is boring. Why would I want to go to church? Because the church is boring. Church is not boring, man. I know. (laughs) I fact check false. Yeah, I I think it's a misunderstanding of what church exists for, right? If if church is to entertain me, if church is to titillate me, to stimulate me, to excite me, then yeah, it is going to be boring. Mm-hmm. But if you understand what, what the church is, as we've talked about it, it's the body of believers, it's the flock of God, it's the family in which I've been adopted to, then every single corporate gathering is a family reunion, and that's mm-hmm. exciting. Amen. Every time it's an opportunity to hear the gospel preached over me, and that's exciting. Amen. But if I'm if I'm looking to get from church what the world promises, then yeah, the, the standards are going to be wrong. Yeah, we don't do the world as well as the world. We never can. You know, no. so so a lot of people want their their churches to look like just something that you would see out of a, a concert or a show. Totally. We don't do it as well as the world. No. Nope. So yeah. why are we even trying? Right. <laughs> yeah. We're supposed to look different. Yes. I mean, there should be a, a, a uniqueness to it. I think 
honestly, I mean, as a kid, yeah, I I thought church was boring, and you know we it was, but at the same time, you know, my friends were there, but my parents faithfully brought me, and they faithfully taught me. But so that, that as that I grew in my knowledge and understanding right. of what actually was going on. That's where it becomes exciting. And I would just say, how is that different from other childhood experiences that we have? Did, mm-hmm. I mean, for some of us, math was boring. Sure. For Sitting some of us, English was, was boring. boring. Right. But those things were good for our development, for our souls. For so, so we look back now and we think, oh, man, those things were necessary. I just didn't have the maturity to be able to grasp them yet. Right. And, you know, as a small child, you're coming into it. And some adults come into this way as well, where we're coming in and somebody is just standing there talking to us for half an hour or something. And uh, that's boring. But if you consider then what is actually going on in that, that yeah. God has said, no, I am, I, I am committed to working through this to change you and to make you more like Christ. That's, I think, where the excitement comes in, Absolutely. where uh, we can come into that praying that God would give us attentive ears, praying that God would keep our mind focused on him, and praying that we leave changed men and women uh, having met with him. That's yeah, right. and I think there's a great leadership mistake when, when churches try to chase this or answer this objection by becoming more entertaining. Yes, you're just, absolutely. You're just, you're just catering to the, to the wrong feature or the wrong desires, and, it, and it, you can never get bigger and better. Well, somebody's always going to do it better than you. Yes. Yep. Well, this has been the Gospel for Life. If you'd like to get a hold of us, just email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. You can ask questions. You can tell us how concerned you are. Happy criticism. Happy criticism. Happy happy comments. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. (laughs) 